Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Well, hello uh, and welcome to a Wednesday night edition. This is Sports Day. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews in the studio. Hello, Satsy. Hey, Jace, and hello, listeners. Oh, you know, it's exciting. We actually know who we're going to play now. Yeah, well, in the Fra- quarterfinal. Yes, the Matildas you're talking about. Matildas. So, Viva la France. So, you say France too, do you? France. Because Matty Rogers, the rat, says France. And I said, well, I, he thought, knows. I thought it was just a, a toffee nose no, it's France. rugby union thing. So, we interviewed, we spoke to Phil War. Yes. Who's a Rugby Australia CEO, who's a good mate of rats. Yep. And he said France also. So Yeah, but they're they're toffee nosed rugby people. But you said France and you're yeah. not. Well, no, I was putting on a voice. It's France. Yeah. It's I France. think it's France as well. Francois. That's isn't that how they say it? Uh, anyway. Francois. Francois. So I suppose you don't say Francois or mm. France we or yep. Woe. Mm. So yes, we are taking on France, who we beat, by the way, in a warm up two nil. Yep. I think was it two nil in the lead up to the, the FIFA Women's World Cup. So Good signs. The girls are back in Bris Vegas, which has been their base for the entire World Cup. Um, and where the game is going to be played Saturday afternoon, uh, just before five o'clock. Right. But here's the interesting thing, Sats. Mm-hmm. You would think the AFL would go like, okay, this, this FIFA World Cup thing, that's pretty big, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just swap the 145 AFL game around? So put the Swans on at 440, 440 or 435 in yeah. Sydney. And move the Lions to 145. Mm. That finishes and then the World Cup's on. Nope. We've got those two games going head-to-head. So the Swans and the Matildas. No. No, no you didn't listen to a word I say said. Say it again. They should, the AFL should swap to do yep. the right thing by the sporting-loving public yep. in Brisbane. Swap the Brisbane Lions and Sydney Swans game round. So the Swans are slated for 145. Yeah. The Brisbane Lions are slated for 4.35. Yes. Right? Swap those two games around. Okay. So you have the Swans up against the Matildas in Sydney. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So and then you have the Brisbane Lions at 1.45 in Brisbane. At the Gabba. Gotcha. So everyone gets a – you think the AFL – but the AFL think they're bigger than the, the, mm. the FIFA Women's World Cup. Yep. Yep. I it's agree a sus thing. It's a yeah. sus thing. Mm. Uh, we've got the good oil for you on Sports Day as well for Cobra and Estate. Premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. Um, I'm, I'm choking on the cake you gave me, by the way. Oh, you happy birthday for Sunday? We already told the listeners it was your birthday. So. Bit late. Thanks for the present. Well, I did give you a present. We gave you a present. Who? Us as a team. Uh, Rat's got. Don't put Rat in it. He's got nothing to do with it. Well, he does have something to do with it. No, he didn't. Yeah, I told him last night this is what I was doing. He said. Do you need any money for it? I said, no, when we have to get a present for someone oh, else, you play that role. So. I would have taken it from him. Mm. He just would have pulled out a folded <laughs> wad out of his pocket. Uh, NRL Premiership winner, State of Origin and Australia rep, Wade Graham has announced his retirement at a club dinner last night. 292 games. 292 NRL games. He's played a handful of State of Origin for New South Wales. He's also represented his country. Uh, Indigenous... All-Stars as well. Didn't you break this news a couple of weeks ago, though? Two days ago we did. Two days ago. Yeah, he had a dinner last night with family, a club dinner with family uh, and and teammates as well, former teammates, and announced his retirement. Uh, Yeah, but I got wind of it on Monday morning that he was going to retire. But in saying that, um, tremendous competitor, will no doubt be a coach one day, an assistant coach in the NRL ranks. He actually debuted at Penrith as a 17, 18-year-old 5'8", really good 5'8", coming through the junior reps, and then signed over at Cronulla. There was both he, Luke Lewis, went to Cronulla as well, two former Penrith players. 
they were intra- instrumental in guiding that 2016 Cronulla Sharks premiership, first premiership for the club. I've spoken to Luke Lewis on a number of occasions, and I've always been an admirer of Wade Graham, the way that he plays. Highly skillful um, because of his 5-8 background. But I said to him, you know, what sort of teammate is he like? He said, he said, Sats, he basically coached us in 2016. Yeah, wow. He said he was, he was really the one that when things weren't going right for us, he was the one to steer us back into the right direction and make all the right calls. He was the one, he was the voice of reason. Not Jimmy Maloney. I'm so surprised. Well, he said Jimmy Maloney hasn't got a great attention span. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> he if there was a dog with a fluffy tail walking yeah. down the sideline, he would have chased it. But yeah. He's a great player and a great guy as well. I'd yeah, love to really see him player. around the New South Wales camp. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see him around there. Yeah. Go and have a year off or something. Put your feet up and then hopefully you're right. I hope we see him Mm. in coaching. Uh, Coming up next on Sports Day, great chat that you and Rat had last night with the great Sydney, uh, South Sydney front row, David Boy. It was front row, second row. Mainly front row. Yeah, but played a bit of second row too. I remember watching him as a kid at Redford. Yeah, he did. He was a, oh, he was a gladiator. He was one of the tough men. When teams went to Redfern, not only were you going to have to go and play at Redfern, but you're going to have to play against one of the toughest forward packs. And he had some mates. Never to win a comp. Had some mates in Mario in that pack. Les Davidson. The Rampling Brothers. Rambler, <laughs> Wayne Chisholm. Oh, the Not a bad pack, eh? Ian a... Roberts. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, David Ball, one of South Sydney's greats, joins us next on Sports Day. It's time for Sports Days. Where are they now? Nineteen eighty seven, game three, state of origin, and that man there, David Ball. I've got to say, as a as a fan of the South Sydney Rabbitohs growing up, I just admired this guy along with a lot of his teammates oh. through that eighties and nineties rat. He played all of his hundred and sixty nine games for the mighty Cardinal and Myrtle, the Rabbitohs, four state of origins in New South Wales, and he was part of one of the most feared forward packs to ever the play of the game. Mm. That man is David Boyle, as you heard. How are you, Boyley? Yeah, doing really well, guys. How's life? So, what's happening in the in the world of David Ball now? I hear you're a grandfather. Is that is that correct? I'm a grandfather. Yeah, on Tuesdays so we get to play with the grandkids, and uh, yeah, it's very enlightening. There's, there's something about being a grandfather, isn't it? I, I know that um, it's just a, it's a different. It's a, it's a, the love is there, but it's it's just it's so different when you've got grandkids that you've created this. Posse, yeah, this posse of, of of a family, and I've I've got grandkids myself, Boyle, and there's just an amazing feeling came over me when I first met my grandkids. Did you have the same feeling? Oh, absolutely, and it's probably payback for you know not getting enough time to our own kids. Yeah, but when you're a grandparent, you just drop everything and just yeah, just do what they really want you to do. Now, Boyle, let's go let's go way back before you get graded with the, with the bunnies. Junior club, where'd you grow up? Marilla Gorillas, yep. Calamaris and Marilla Gorillas down in Group 7. Yeah, right. Okay. So, so, mate, any, any of the players from that you played with as a, as a youngster, did any of them go on and get graded, play top grade? Um, no, no. No, I was a Lone Ranger, I guess. Yeah. There's a couple from Derringong I played against, uh, Ord and Quinny. Yep. So they were in the same Group 7 team. They played for, yeah. For Jerry Gong, but 
yeah, not not many around the Royal Brewers. Mate, so I want to ask you about Redfern Oval. I, I was a ball boy at Redfern Oval in the 1980s, and I was terrified to be a ball boy. It must have been a huge advantage uh, for you. Uh, did, did, did you. Did you feel that it was a huge advantage for you guys as a team playing at Redfern? Yeah, it was pretty special, especially when you, you know, the team we played with. Uh, Craig Bellamy talks about you know, train hard and get lucky or work hard and get lucky. Well, I, I got lucky. I was a good worker and... Um, and play with a great bunch of guys that we're still really close mates with now. That's yep. good. Now, if I said the word Henry to you, Boyley, what does that mean to the listeners? Yeah, grab a head and hit it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who is, is it true that Dean Rampling, part of the, the Mad Rampling brothers, he came up with the Henry call? He did. He did. And our, our great mentor and mate, Lionel Potter, was the one we called it after. And so mm. what happened? So in, in what cool. situation, when you were playing as a, as a team, it, what situation would mean that you would have to call Henry? I guess the biggest example was the semi-final against Manly. We were down 14-0 and we had to do something to upset them. So next scrum, I'm calling Henry. So that was it. Just grab a head and, and it terrified him. Right. <laughs> so, mate, with the forward pack you had, I mean, yourself, Fennick, uh, Les Davidson, Ellison, Michael Andrews, Rampling, Chisholm, Ian Roberts. Like, I, I would like to know before before a game, the forwards get together. What what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it was, it was pretty jovial in the dressing shed, and, and everybody knew what we had to do. Um, and you, you couldn't afford to let your mates down. We didn't have to worry about the coach bag, and you know, if you didn't have a good game, that, they'd let you know. Mm. Yeah, right. A young Ian Roberts, um, and, and that's you know. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was just lean and mean and he used to hit the punching bag like there was no tomorrow. Just a, just a great guy. I, I, had, I had the pleasure of playing uh, four or five years with Liz Davidson at Cronulla and I've, I've never met uh, a more chalk and cheese person to on the field and off the field. When I got to play with him, he was a little bit more, a little older, a little more mature. I don't know when he was playing with you, uh, Boily, whether he was he was drinking shandies back then, but he only drank shandies. Um, <laughs> but you get him on a football field, the nicest human being on the planet. Get him on a football field, and he just wants to kill people. He, he I said he said to me one day, I, I said to him, what, what what are you thinking when you're trying to hit them the way you hit them? He goes, I'm just trying to put my head through their chest, and it terrified me. And he and he damaged a lot of us in the process of it. But was he was he like that as a youngster? Was he was he the nice guy off the field, or, or did he did he mature and settle down a little bit? Was he wild when he was younger off the field as well? No, he used to hang around the Ramblings and they used to go through the um, Centennial Park, you know, through the bushes there and have some fun there. <laughs> Can't talk too much about it, but yeah. Mm. But he used to grab a stick and that was me, Bundy. Yeah, um, yeah he's Bundy. And then he, he, he was, yeah, yeah. And he, he was, t- two, two short stories. One was we were playing Cronulla and then we were getting smashed and it was, we were down by 30 points. Two minutes ago, Bundy said, "Come on, Hook, let's take someone with us." <laughs> <laughs> so he, 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 he never gave up. Yeah. And then uh, I left South in '94 and went to the Dragons and started strength and conditioning. And then we had two players in Jason Stevens and uh, Gordon Tallis, mm. and they were absolutely terrified of Les Davison. Mm. The year before I got there, he towed them up in a in a stouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
scary so, him so on the field. That's how much respect he had. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 1989, yeah. Boyley, minor premiers, knocked out in straight sets. Was was that the year, the the one that got away? Yeah, it, it was. It was, Scotty. You know, we, we were going all well. We were pretty busted too. Yep. You know, like everybody had had a big year and um, and it, it just didn't go our way. And then we got some injuries and... Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely the one that got away. Now you look at the you look at the um, some of the footage of, of the man I'm about to mention next, Boyley, Phil Blake. When it comes to being gifted athletes, and you walk you work in the the strength and conditioning industry, was he one of the most gifted athletes overall that you'd seen through your career? Absolutely, he was before his time. He was professional. He used to do a lot of his speed work and all that in the mornings before he come to training. Um, you know, because he was, that, that's the way he was. He wanted to practice on his own skills. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, on the field. And he was very professional. If the forwards weren't going forward, he'd clock off and wait till next week. He wasn't going to make, make and he realised he wasn't going to win a game if, if we weren't going forward. Mm. Mm-hmm. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. I did a bit of that myself in my, in my time, Boyley, I must say. Mate, I want to ask you about Jimmy Sedaris. He was 17. In '89, he forced his way into the side and put made Mario move to the front row. How, how does when you've got a young kid like that come in into an, such an established, you know, strong forward pack? How did that sit with the players? I mean, did did he have the respect of the players as soon as he got there, or did he have to earn his stripes? No, absolutely. No one got in the first grade if they didn't deserve it. And then you know it was team first culture, and when they made the decision to put him in there. Like everybody was was happy with it because he wasn't going to let the team down. Yeah, mate. mate I wanted to ask you about Georgie Piggins. He was inducted into the Rugby League Hall of Fame a couple of weeks ago. He was your coach at the Rabbits. Was it long overdue? Do you think? I mean, he's done so much for the Bunnies off the field, um, on the field. I mean, he, I mean, without George Piggins, Souths probably aren't in the competition and they don't win the premiership that they won recently. Yeah, he he uh, he epitomises. Um, legend like he's you know he's the way he worked he's when he took over the coaching job he said listen any money i'm getting i've got to give it to the assistant coaches i don't want any money and then um he got gus Gould there in 86 which was a master stroke because you know he was really the coach george's turn uh called what time training was going to be mm. and then even after it he just tried to keep the leagues club going and going and he, he led the fight to, to keep us in the comp and then mortgaged his house to, to fight um, uh, Murdoch yeah. and to get us to keep the, the, uh, the club going. So, and it's not only just about um, you know, South Sydney, it's about rugby league. So yeah, he's just amazing. He was supported very well with his wife as well, Marlene. Mm. Yeah, well, well you know. Um, when... and, and it was glad... He doesn't remember too much the conditions he's in, but certainly the recognition was was really well-deserved. Yeah, certainly well-deserved. And when you mention, you know, what he did, mm. it, it, you would, you'd have to say definitely long overdue. Yeah, we didn't see a lot of the stuff that he did. No. Like Boyley just mentioned. No. The, the lengths that he went to. No, now, Boyley, I've got to ask you, this is something that I remember as a young kid. My old man got this... Um, it might have been a, a, a cassette tape a record, or a record yeah. back in the day. Now, it was, a, it was a, a comedian by the name of Billy Birmingham brought out the 12th man and wide world of sports. And, and I remember vividly just this one line, and, and it was referring to you. It was, it was Big Darrell Eastlake in the, uh, in the commentary box, 
and he was going, and Boyle, Boyle, Boyle tries to squeeze the pus out <laughs> in, in reference. And, and it was a state of origin match, and he was referencing you. And, uh, mate, did, the, did, the, did your teammates give you a hard time when that came out? Because it was bloody funny, I've got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was just another a laugh. There was a lot of, lot of jokes around the, with the ramplings and all that. There was no, there was no ambiguity. It was, you know, things in the shower. Um, guys that were circumcised in the left, the guys that weren't in the right. <laughs> oh, oh, crazy times! Don't your wrist watches. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, crazy! it was. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't talk about it now. The joys yeah. of a rugby league dressing room. There, eh? there was nothing nothing hidden. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, before, oh, absolutely. Before we let you go, Boyle, Before we let you go, as we said, you you've always looked after yourself from a fitness point of view. I didn't see a. That long ago, actually, at a, at a South game, you're, you're still staying fit and, and looking after yourself. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I rode surf boats and I went to George Bass Marathon and yeah, I still keep. If I if I stop moving, I'll the arthritis will set in and I, I won't be able to move. Mm. Use no, it or lose it, they yeah. say. Don't let it beat you, Boyley. Don't let it beat you. Hey, yeah. Boyley, it was great watching you as a player. Also, it's really good to see when I go to some of the NRL games and see that you're still involved in the game. And um, thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate, and a trip down memory lane. What was a, a great time for South Sydney in the 80s. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It's good to share some memories. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Sterling dummy half. Finds Boyle on his outside. Boyle on the burst. Oh, nearly has his head knocked off. Boyle tries to squeeze the pass out, but he can't. And finally, he's cleaned up by Wally Lewis. Oh, GJ, that's pretty hygienic stuff from the Queensland skipper. You as an ex-Rabbitoh used to attend Renfern Oval. You oh, were... I loved it. So that was what Rat was alluding to when we spoke to David Ball earlier on about being part of Billy Birmingham's 12th man. That's that was the line. Yeah, Daddy Vass found that. It's, uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, mate, I love those days. I mean, I like the hot dogs. What about the Henry call? What, what, what does Henry, the word, mean? Oh, Grab a head and hit it. And hit it. <laughs> Les Davidson, that scrum. Just, oh, so mate, good. incredible. Yeah. Uh, time for a sports update. Uh, thanks to Polaris Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. I guess um, the big thing to talk about is the, uh, the Broncos have been confirmed. Looks like being confirmed as the team. Uh, to play in Vegas. So th- are they the only team that's locked in at the moment? Yeah. Okay. So because there's, there's been a belief that, well, there's been two trains of thought. Should the four teams be of from the NRL be teams that have teams in the NFL? So do you have the Raiders because of Vegas, of course, Vegas Raiders. You have the Broncos because of the Denver Broncos. Don't say the Dolphins. Do you say the uh, Tennessee Titans? Oh, because of the Gold Coast Titans. These are great games. Yeah, you've got the. Well, what about the you can't have North the Dol- Queensland Cowboys? You could have the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. Um, you can't have the Dolphins because I don't think Wayne would survive thirteen hours on a plane. Yeah, I don't think he'd survive Vegas. <laughs> Mate, I tell you, he's he, not going to survive Vegas. You know what would be if the Redcliffe Dolphins <laughs> went to Vegas? Yeah, it would be. Another episode of The Hangover. Yes. They're looking for Wayne all around Vegas. Wayne would just be walking around saying, Hello? <laughs> he would be. Hey, um, you know who else is not going to survive Vegas? Who? Is Alfie. There is no way. You won't see him. Yeah, you'd, you'd lose him. He wouldn't get on the return flight. He'd turn up at the ground for yeah. the game with a dancing girl. There'll be dancing girls mm. uh, running the water for the Broncos. And a monkey. <laughs> He'd be married. 
Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I, I, again, I'm against it. You know my views on it. I'm, I'm against, I don't think it does anything for the game. You know what, I, except for put money in the pocket through gambling. Yeah, exactly. It is going to bring a lot of revenue to the game, which you would like to think would be used for the right resources. Um, but in saying that, I would be apprehensive as a player. Yes, it would be exciting. But I'll be very apprehensive about going over and playing on AstroTurf. Yeah. Yeah, true. The carpet burn. <laughs> yeah. Imagine going home to the missile and going, how'd you get those burns on, marks on your knee yeah. well, and your back? Can go, you get well. the mercurochrome out? <laughs> that makes mercurochrome. Oh, that red stuff. Yeah. I got knocked out once, fell off my bike, right? Yeah. So a couple of streets away from me, where we live. Luckily, whoever saved me. Took me back to mum and dad. I was I was knocked out, right? So yep. I don't remember any of that. Mm. I woke up when mum was putting that red stuff. I, I was nude <laughs> with a monkey on my bike. But I woke up when mum was putting that red stuff all yeah, over my scratch. Oh, mm. mate. Was that or that or calamine lotion? Oh, no, it was the red stuff. It, yeah. it stung. That was mercurochrome, yeah. Uh, kids today, got it easy. Yep. Polaris, my 23 plate clearance is on now. Save up to $3,000 on selected models. Uh, you mentioned him off the top of the show. The man who says France, Phil War, <laughs> the boss of the ARU, joins us next on Sports Day. Sending from touch. Norga sends it on its way. And the locals tell you how it landed. And New Zealand do it again. Yes, yeah, an unfortunate finish, but I've got to say a very promising finish oh, for yeah. the Wallabies on the eve of the Rugby World Cup. And this man, well, he doesn't need any introduction, but we will anyway. 136 Super Rugby games for New South Wales Waratahs, 79 tests for the Wallabies. 2003, a very important year for Australia mm. with the with the World Cup getting through the final. John Eels medalist is the best rugby player in the country and only a couple of years into the new seat, newly appointed Rugby Australia CEO and used to sit next to Matty Rogers for over six or seven years on the same bus each and every tour. Phil Ward joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Phil? I'm very well. You, you often get asked, what's, what's the highlight of your career? And I reckon seeing next to Matt Rogers for six years was definitely right up there. Now, Phil, can you just tell me, because I sit next oh, to him every mate. day, and my ears bleed by the end of the week, so it would be the same on tour, I would think. <laughs> Well, that's how I got my cauliflower ears. It wasn't from rough. <laughs> mate, you're red hot, you are, Sats. Well, I've got good stories. <laughs> and, Warry, don't don't get on his side, mate. Hey, Warry, I, I wanted to ask you, mate, you, you, you've been working in the banking sector since retirement, um, doing phenomenally there. You've taken on probably the biggest role of your career as CEO of Rugby Australia. Why now? Um, I mean, I feel like you were bred for a life in rugby. You, you, you put your heart and soul into it. Why now? The, the jump into the, the position of CEO of Rugby Australia? Yeah, I mean, I sort of, uh, yeah, but people ask. It's, uh, it's a good question. I think um, I sort of got beaten up when I was playing. I thought I missed it so much. I'm going to go back into sports administration. But uh, <laughs> I do joke that at least, when I was, at least when I was playing, I knew the kicks were coming from the opposition. But um, now, look, I think, uh, <laughs> I think yeah, timing's good. I think, um, you know, I've you know, got the Lions uh, coming in 25 and then uh, Home World Cups in 27 and 29. Um, and, and I think I've got, I've got a lot to add. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting time for rugby. We've got a lot of uh, things to do. Um, in the short term, but also seeing the game up uh, going forward. So uh, exciting time, and uh, you know, I'm thrilled. It's a, you know, a bit like putting the, the Wallaby jersey on. It's a, a huge honour and privilege, but most importantly, it's a responsibility to perform, and uh, and that's 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 how I feel about the role. Yeah. Now, mate, there was a time when the Wallabies, they were Australia's winter team. The nation got behind them. You couldn't get a ticket to a game. They'd sell out in minutes. 
mate, how do we get back to that? How do we get rugby back in, in the forefront of, you know, the Australian sporting psyche? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, winning is important, um, you know, and, and personalities are important. And, uh, and I think that uh, we need to relate with the Australian public. And you know, we've probably gone away from that a little bit. Uh, you, know, you know Eddie well. And Eddie, Eddie's back uh, in charge. And, you know, a lot of it's around actually playing with that Australian spirit, playing with pride, playing with passion and, uh, you know, start to get those wins. And, uh, and then we've got personalities amongst the team and everyone wants to be a part of it. So, uh, you know, a lot of rebuilding to do, but a really good opportunity. With Eddie, you mentioned him, Phil. Why was he the right man to, to bring him back into the Wallabies' fold? Well, I mean, he's, he's a proven performer. He's a proven performer at World Cups. So, you know, he just go back to so 2003, and then uh, he was with South Africa in 2007 when they won it. Um, you know, to, 2011, he was with Japan. 2015, he was with Japan when uh, Japan beat South Africa. Mm. 2019, took England to the final. I mean, there's a lot to, uh, a massive track record for him at World Cups. And, you know, he, he, he drives a performance edge. So, uh, you know, we're, we're excited. I think if you look at the interest that's come on the back of his appointment, it's been phenomenal. So uh, it's just a matter of now just riding that wave and, you know, turning those close, close losses into wins. And as we know, um, you know, winning's a habit, uh, as is losing. So uh, we're probably on the on the side of losing at the moment. And, uh, you know, when, when the tide turns, then we get uh, hopefully into that habit of winning. Oh, I love him when he's in the media, how staunch he is. Oh, I, I just love his win-at-all-cost attitude. Now, the Bledisloe one was disappointing, Phil, of course, but the second one, promising. Did, did that performance convince you that at least leading into a World Cup, of course, you got a, another friendly before the World Cup, that you, that the, the team is heading in the right direction? Yeah, I think so. I think I mean progress out of uh, you know the, the movement from uh, Bledisloe one, and you know we, we we actually put a lot of pressure on the All Blacks in that uh, first half of the, uh, the the first Bledisloe. We just didn't take away a lot of points. Second Bledisloe. Obviously, started well, got to, to 17 points. Uh, as you know, you've got to keep trying to score points rather than defend the lead. And I think the guys just went in that mentality of, you know, had, had, you know closing up shop and just trying to hang on rather than trying to score points next. So, you know, I think there's a, a good uh, a good culture starting to come through the team. And, and you know, I think they'll, they'll take a lot of confidence going out of that game in Dunedin. Um, you know, then, then the next test, uh, and it's the last one before the World Cup, is against France, the start of France. So in terms of preparation, uh, a game against South Africa and Pretoria, Argentina at home, and then two against the All Blacks, and then to finish off uh, the French in France. It's a, it's a massive preparation, but they'll be ready, and uh, and then it's just a matter of you know, performing on the big stage. Yeah, mate. Well, I want to talk to you about, you know, you, you talk about winning. Uh, it's obviously your number one promotional tool. You know, people love a winner. They want to get behind the team. The women's, your women's sevens team, they've been flying the flag for the Aussies over the last few years. They've been doing fantastic. You've got Suwali'i coming over um, from Rugby League uh, in 2025. Um, is there a plan to, to, to raid rugby league further for those players that, that have a history in rugby union? It seems a logical short-term gain, but I mean, I'm sure you've got plans to develop talent, but you look at these players that leave rugby union at the schoolboy level, well, they are rugby union developed. They've just gone to rugby league. Is there, is there a plan to try to steal all those players back? Well, I think I think it's uh, it's about actually how do we how do we win them at sixteen and seventeen rather than having to uh, pay overs for them uh, to get them back. So I think mm-hmm. a lot around pathways and and how do we how do we show uh, you know young boys and girls um, you know what what rugby can offer. And uh, I know as much as you like Shark Park, I'd, uh, I'd prefer <laughs> to be playing at start to start to France than Shark Park. Um, so uh, so I think it's actually how do we uh, how do we demonstrate and uh, and give these young boys and girls the experience of of travelling the world, which is a, a real differentiator for our game compared to our competitors. Yeah, mate, I, I agree. Um, mate, Stade de France was a very special place to play, but, mate, 
Shark Park has hold a very special place <laughs> in my heart, Rory. Uh, mate, you, just like, you, just like the, you just like the night after. Yeah, yeah Northies, mate. Yeah, you got exactly. it. Exactly. Mate, World Cup around the corner. Mate, World Cup around the corner. Uh, from a Rugby Australia perspective, what's a successful campaign look like? What Do, do we have to win it to for it to be a success? Uh, what, 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 is, oh, I think we, what are the yeah, metrics? I think we need to get... I think we need, if if we get we you know, get through the pool to the quarters, we either play uh, Argentina or England in the quarters. We, we need to win the quarters and get through to the semis. Once you get to the semis, as you know, anything can happen. So I'd say that um, you know getting through to the semis is a uh, is a pass mark, and um, anything short of that would be disappointing. Phil, do you see Payne Haas as a potential number eight wearing oh, a Wallabies jersey one day? <laughs> oh, worry. Ball carry. If you sort of, if you looked at, if you looked at where we're sort of missing at the moment, uh, you know, it is, it is big ball carriers. But uh, you know, a, a lot's got to do with, um, you know, with, with appetite, hunger, and uh, and passion for the game. So, uh, look, I think, I, I think the game uh, that we have offers a lot, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's certainly very different to the game of rugby league. And you know, I think, uh, you know, if there's interest there, we're always open for a conversation. Well, Warrior, just think about this. Valentini, Leota, Haas, just ball-carrying machines. Him on the edge, just terrorising the opposition. The amount of rugby league fans switching over to watch rugby union. The sponsorship dollars flying in. Do you in. mind not trying to convince <laughs> well, him? I'm just, okay. you know, I'm just speaking. I'm just talking, you know. I, I, you know I love both sets. You know I love both. But it must be, it must be, um, I, I mean, for me, I, I see uh, Worry. You know this Payne Haas saying, "I'm not signing anything at the moment. I'm, I'm sitting back." I mean, surely I don't see him going to another rugby league club. I see the danger being rugby union, and you know he's being mentored by Sonny Bill Williams. It must give you a sort of like a little bit of thought. Well, maybe he does want to have a chat with us. Well, I think if you look at the runway we have ahead of us, um, yeah, the, the, the Lions in 25, as you know, one of the biggest events in uh, in world sport, and a home World Cup would be pretty attractive if I was a young athlete. Mm, mm. Absolutely. Now. Phil, I've asked Rat on a number of occasions, and he oh. could never answer. But he finally came up with this answer, and you'd be able to answer it as well. He, I said, "What's the difference between a rugby league player and a rugby union player, personality-wise?" And he said, "Well, the rugby league forwards play cards; the rugby union forwards play chess." Now, were you one of those chess players? No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Wall should have played rugby league. I, differ- I, differ- I differentiated myself by going through to year twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not bad. He's not bad. Well. Oh, mate, thanks, heaps, boy. Thanks for your time, mate. And um, mate, good luck to the Wallabies. They have got France in uh, in on the twenty eighth of this month uh, in their next warm up match uh, prior to the World Cup. But we're looking forward to a big World Cup from from the Australian Wallabies. Nah, uh, thank, thanks, guys, and uh, appreciate the support. And uh, you know, back the guys because I think they'll have a good crack. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup twenty twenty three. This is Sports Day. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Sats and Jace here tonight. God, there's lots of news around at the moment. Some we actually didn't even get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Seabold has hinted that he's 5'8", must lift his game and work harder to produce an 80-minute performance before Luke Brooks arrives at the club. This is what... Uh, Seabold had to say on Schuster. That's the challenge for, you know, myself, the coaching staff, to help Schuster become an 80-minute player. Um, and that's his challenge. He needs to own his career. He's certainly not the finished product. Um, but that's my job to guide him over the next couple of years to, to be the finished product. You know, he's 22 years of age and he's got a, um, you know, he's got a lot of growth left in his game. And, um, you know, that's our job as a club to, to get him there. Does Anthony Seabold sound like the cookie mm. monster? He's a- <laughs> 
I've, I now, I've got a sore throat because I woofed down that cake, and now my throat's like, oh, that's so sore. Uh, shouldn't he be a, an 80-minute player already? And what does he mean by that? Like, is, is, it, is it fitness or skill or both? Well, 80-minute player is to be able to stay engaged for 80 minutes. It doesn't matter whether you're out there for 80 minutes. You have to have, especially in his position, you have to have a presence about you for 80 minutes. So with Daly Cherry Evans, you would think Luke Brooks is going to play in the halves. They've obviously got another idea for for Josh Schuster, whether he's going to play. Uh, you, have you said before lock? I think I think or back row. I don't think he'd have the work rate for a lock. Right now he's only twenty two. Many people say yeah, but that's an adult. But in rugby league terms, it's still very young from a, a maturity and a rugby league IQ perspective. So he will hopefully learn a, learn how important it is to have a really good work ethic and what you eat. Uh, what are you doing when you're coming to your yeah. preparation? Uh, what extras are you doing? Working on your skills, the basics of the, your kicking game, all those sorts of things. I think he's a left-side second rower because he likes to attack on the left-hand side with his beautiful, silky skills. John Sutton got moved to the left-side second row for South Sydney when they won the comp in 2014. So he became another. So you've got Luke Brooks, who's a threat. You've got Tommy Trebojevic, who's a threat. Yep. You've got Daly Cherry Evans, who's a threat. Um, you've got big Ola Kawatu on the right, who's a threat. And then you throw Josh Schuster in the equation. There's another threat with the ball. Yeah, I so like it. I like him as a left side second row for now. And then it depends how his body image goes and, and what his work ethic's like about whether he can sustain playing in the in the halves. Right, yeah. Good thoughts, Sats. Because what do you I think, reckon? Because you think Daly Cherry Evans is going to finish up in the next couple of years. Yep. You would think Luke Brooks will probably take up the number seven jersey if he's still there, and Schuster would go back to the number six. Six, yeah. Yeah. Right, what do you think? Oh, four, five, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. The other thing too, if something happens in the halves, mm-hmm. and Brooks or DCE go down injured, he can slot back in. Exactly. Again. Yeah. It's not a bad, not a bad plan. What do you reckon? You agree with that? So four, five, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. Sports day. Thanks to Kia. Uh, back in a moment, we'll wrap up the show. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews here tonight. We're about to wrap it up some more rugby league news. Uh, the Raiders have locked up Corey uh, Hallsborough. I think this is pretty cheap. For just under $600,000 a year, the reports are. Four-year yep. extension, $2.3 mm. Scott, have Origin played now? Unders? Yeah, probably. Um, and I'm going to try and sound really respectful here. But when you look at Corey... He's not the fastest player. Um, you know, he doesn't play. He plays big minutes, but he, he's not a dynamic player. If that he's makes hot sense. and cold. Like yeah. some game, that game against South this year, he dominated. Yeah, like he's really matured as a player. He's been yeah. able to control his emotions. But We've do, seen games where he's just broken in tears. Yeah. He, does, he, he does go missing. Yeah, you know, on, at times he's just he's just not a dynamic player. And what I mean by that, he's not a. Oh, no, he's not an Adam Fanua Blake as a front rower. He's not mm. a Payne Haas or any of those. But and how old is he, Sats? He's, he's not trying to be. I don't I know. But, yeah, he's only very young. Yeah. But um, but I suppose being a state of origin play, he's, he's, yeah, they probably got him for a little bit of unders. Yeah. I would think being a state of origin play, minimum 650. And I, that that that's a sign that he wants to be in Canberra. Absolutely, yeah. Playing for Ricky. Yep. Freezing his backside off. Parramatta Eels Captain Kennedy Cherrington has received the longest suspension in NRL history. Yep. Sorry, NRLW history after being charged with a grade three dangerous throw. This is a really bad tackle. 
on the weekend. Not sure whether you saw this, Jace, but they got smashed Parramatta, but uh, it was on Lation Albert Jones, who plays for Newcastle. Uh, it was sort of ladyish in the game, and the captain Kennedy Sheridan, who's a, who's a star of of the NRLW, really picked her up and dropped her on her head. She realized yeah, it wasn't she, good. She realized she got her in a really bad situation and pulled out at the last moment because she just panicked. Mm. Now she was also sent off by Belinda Sharp, but she was also criticised for smiling in the face of the of the referee. That's just purely through. That's nerves, embarrassment, not knowing how Seriously? to... Seriously? How did... She's that, not being cheeky. She that, just... Yeah. She who just, cares? She just didn't know how to handle the situation. So four weeks, people say, hang on a sec, four weeks? Well, they've only got a nine... That's half the... Almost half the season. Yeah. So when... If you look back in 2014, Jordan McLean, of course, was involved in that tackle with Alex McKinnon, who ended up yep. uh, a paraplegic. Well, he got seven weeks. Mm. So... I don't think you need to take injury into the account. You need to take the intent into the into, into account. But seriously, Sats, for smiling at the referee, who cares? The referees take themselves too seriously. No, the referees weren't. Who said that? The just, judiciary. Just some of the fans and oh, what? and who the media. Cares? It was just it was a a young lady not knowing how to handle a serious situation. You and media she, people and she got need four to, weeks. You media people need to settle down. You've been in the Cut industry it out. for thirty years, you idiot. What? Mm. Cut it out. That's what I said when I heard you'd been in the industry that long as well. <laughs> We've got to go. Uh, thanks for your company. Yep. Uh, Scotty Sattler, we're back tomorrow night as we count down Thursday night footy. What's the gem this week? Are they, have they got two good teams this week? So it's Thursday night. Yeah, it's been lousy all year. Thursday night's Parramatta Manly. Uh, sorry, Penrith Manly. Ooh, it's not a bad game. That's a very good game. Yeah. Penrith by 50 maybe. Um, there may be 17 carcasses. <laughs> At yeah, the end of right. that game. We've got to go. We'll be back uh, tomorrow night to count down and preview Thursday night footy. Have a good one. Goodbye!